Hello, this is Pastor Trent. I want to welcome you to the Mountain Home Church, the Nazarene Sermon Podcast. We are thrilled that you are tuning in to hear sermons from our ministries here at our church. It is our hope that the Spirit of Christ would be present with you as you listen today. I do want to take just a moment to invite you to reach out and connect with us. On our website, we have a way for you to do just that. You can visit www.mhnazarene.org slash connect and fill out a very brief form. There's a spot to leave contact info, ask questions, and even to request prayer. Also, be sure to indicate that you listen to us through our SoundCloud podcast to let us know where you're listening. May the Lord be with you this day. Grace and peace to you. Well, it's good to be in the house of the Lord uh, together. It's good to, to be family together and to pray for one another and to uh, just share space. And so thanks for, thanks for being here and thanks for worshiping Jesus with us. Uh, as we've worked our way through the summer uh, series, kind of working our way through the book of James, um, I gotta say, I, I've kind of kind of loved it, and I've kind of hated it, right? Uh, James is, I mean, I, I love the, the parts of James that are so practical, so applicable, understandable, they kind of point to our lives, they give in, he gives insight into who we're called to be, what we're called to do, gives some real specific examples, <laughs> And why I hate it too. It's a little pointed. It messes with our lives. He's a little blunt. Uh, sometimes it's it's tough to adhere to at times uh, because James is just wants to wants to be right there with us uh, and wants to instruct us and and um, gives really uh, pertinent and, and relevant and practical advice for us. Um, I do have to say, uh, not this past week, this past week we had girls camp and my wife was off with Lexi and a bunch of girls from the Intermountain District, but the week before that I was speaking to the junior high camp. I enjoyed it. I had fun. Thanks for allowing me the chance to to be away, but it's good to be back home. It's good to be able to preach to you. Um, Preaching to junior highs is a little different case you wonder. Not, not that much different, but, but, but a little different. Uh, and so I uh, had to remember some of, of uh, what it was like back when I was a youth pastor several, several years ago. But, uh, today, as we turn to the, to the scripture, we're, we're reading from James chapter 3. So if you have your Bibles, you can open to James uh, chapter, chapter 3. If you have devices, uh, you can point them that direction. Today we'll be reading um, verses 13 through 18 of chapter 3. Uh, and out of reverence for the reading of God's word, those who are willing and able, would you please stand as we read together. James chapter 3, verses 13 through 18. Are any of you wise and understanding? Show that your actions are good with a humble lifestyle that comes from wisdom. However, if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your heart, then stop bragging and living in ways that deny the truth. This is not the wisdom that comes down from above. Instead, it is from the earth, natural and demonic. Wherever there is jealousy and selfish ambition, there is disorder and everything that is evil. What of the wisdom from above? First, it is pure, then peaceful, gentle, 
obedient, filled with mercy and good actions, fair and genuine. Those who make peace sow the seeds of justice by their peaceful acts. This is the word of God given to us, the people of God. We say thanks be to God. Please have a seat. There's a type of writing in the Bible. There's there's several types of of writing in the Bible um, that that have been noticed, that have been kind of categorized. Um, And and one of those types of writing in the Bible is called the wisdom literature. There there are portions of the Bible that that really focus on on what it means to to be wise and to, to live a wise life. Traditionally, that, that wisdom literature is, is designated as three books from the Old Testament, Proverbs and Job and Ecclesiastes. Okay? Uh, these are, these comp- or, or, or are made up of, of compilations of, of wisdom drawn from generations, uh, most likely passed on orally from generation to generation to generation for a long time in the Israelite community until uh, a time came when they said, you know, we, we ought to write these down. We, we ought to write these down. And, and a lot of Biblical scholars believe that happened while they were in exile, right? As they were in exile, part of exile is to, to strip away national identity, to strip away uh, the community that had developed in the nation of Israel. And so while they were away, while they were in exile, a lot of, a lot of scholars believe that was the time when a lot of these oral traditions began to get, get written down. But in these, in these uh, especially when you think of Proverbs, there, there's these morsels of wisdom and advice. If this, then this. When this happens, then, then respond this way. A wise person does this. An invitation to live into the wisdom uh, that it, that it uh, is talking about. Interestingly, but not surprising, um, some people have drawn parallels between this book that we're going through, the book of James, and these wisdom books. The normal classification for James is an epistle, right? A, a general epistle, a, a letter that was written in the days of the New Testament. But certainly in this passage, certainly in this, in this little section of, of Scripture, which is called a pericope, um, in this section, uh, there's this connection to talking about wisdom. He starts off, who among you is wise? Who among you has understanding? And draws directly from the, the wisdom literature. Let me ask you a question. Um, and, and, and I'm inviting you to, to go ahead and respond out loud today, which is always risky, but I'm going to go there. Um, let me ask you a question. I want you to think of the wisest person that you know. I want you to think of the wisest person you know. Besides their wisdom, what is one thing that stands out about that person? Humble? Integrity? Reserved? Teachable? Available, is that what I heard? Yeah, good. Yeah, we have the picture. As you think of these wise people in your life, um, and I hope you have some wise people. Anybody think of themselves? Don't raise your hand. Don't raise your hand, right? Um, I, I hope you have these, these wise people in your lives, these people that you can turn to when you have a question, when you have a problem, gotten yourself in a sticky wicket. Um, 
But James offers for us kind of this litmus test for wisdom. What does it look like for a person who is truly wise? Um, in, in, the, in the Common English Bible, which is the version that, that I like to read from, uh, it talks about living a humble lifestyle. That word is used again in, in the NIV um, and, and in several different translations. Um, in the New Revised Standard, um, that word humility is replaced with the word gentleness. That for those who have wisdom and understanding, they have this sense about them of humility and of gentleness. Not brash, not in your face, not let me tell you how it is. Which is kind of the opposite of the world today sometimes. Right? The, the people who think themselves wise, they've got a hot take. They, they, they think, you, you think you know what's going on. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you really what's going on. They say it loud. They say it maybe with anger or with conviction. Record a podcast, record a TikTok video, tell the world, you know, drop the mic and walk away. There's all these characters. There, there's... there's a label for these folks, influencers, people who, not all influencers that way, but, but this whole lifestyle of having a hot take and, and sharing whether it's wanted or not, the wisdom that they feel they have. These virtues of, of humility and of gentleness seem to have little value in the world today seem to have little place. They're kind of passe, kind of obsolete, kind of, kind of archaic, old-fashioned, maybe. Today we have gotcha wisdom, <laughs> disparaging wisdom. We have insulting wisdom, wisdom that, that says, you, you don't believe this? Let me tell you all the ways that you're wrong. Why has our discourse, why has our conversation become so antagonistic, so uncharitable, <laughs> so jaded in our world today. I was reading one commentator, Jeannie Orhala Serrajo, says our target is to have, ha have, that, have that wisdom that, that would be to such a great degree, to, 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 to have that wisdom enough to ob obliterate his or her opponent, but to choose not to that part of the wisdom that, that we glean and that we get from God talks about and informs how we treat the person next to us, how we treat the person opposed to us, how we treat the person who would disagree with us. And that's a picture of the wisdom that comes from God. There are those in the world today who leverage their wisdom, who leverage their understanding, as James is talking about, to, to kind of get a foot up, to, to wield it as a weapon. And they sound a lot like verses 14 through 16. As we read together, as we, as we read from Scripture, 14 through 16 have a description of wisdom that's less than, <laughs> less than ideal. Those who have wisdom, who, who feel like they have something to prove or something to share to change your mind, really come across as a person of bitter jealousy, as a person with 
selfish ambition. Having to be better than the other. I, I put you down in order to lift myself up. And that's not how God has called us to live. That's not what God wants for us. In fact, he, he, he goes further into this. And, and as, he, as he talks about this, this wisdom that doesn't come down from above, this wisdom that's not of God, he uses three, action, three adjectives to describe, to describe this, this other type of wisdom. The first, he says, it, it's of the earth. Of the earth, earthly. It, there's two Greek words that, that come together. Uh, one literally translates upon, and the other one uh, translates earth. This, this wisdom that, that comes with bitter jealousy and selfish ambition is of the earth. It's earthly. It's common. It comes from human origin. The second word that he uses in, in, in this translation is, is natural. That it's unspiritual. It's not of the Spirit. It's not led by the Spirit. It doesn't come from any deeper source than just what we think and what we reflect. The third is an escalation a bit. He calls it demonic totally opposite from being above. Not, not even starting here at this plane of this earthly plane, but coming from a dark place. <laughs> it's the only instance of this word uh, in the New Testament. One writer said that he might have made up the word that, that, that was used there. And, you know, preachers, sometimes they make up words to, to make points, but James is, is really fed up with this way of life, truly against it. Jealousy and selfish ambition causes disorder in everything that is evil. As I read that, as I read that in, in the passage today, verse 16, it says there's disorder in everything that is evil. It, it reminded me a little bit of, of the pre-creation account of the universe. If we go all the way back to Genesis 1, it says uh, the earth was, was formless and void. That there was chaos among the waters of the deep. Water in, in, in ancient times, the water was a place of chaos, a place of death, a place of darkness. And that's how, that's how the universe was described in those very early sentences in the Bible, that it was formless and void and dark, and filled with chaos, like the waters of the deep. And I see that when, when we rely on the wisdom that comes from our own heads, when we rely on the wisdom that is earthly, that is natural, we return to a place that is pre-God, that is before God, that, that takes us back to a time when, when chaos ruled and evil was the norm and chaos controlled all that there was. You see, God broke in and he said, let there be light. God broke in and said, let there be animals that fill this world. Let there be order. Let there be all that he created. And he said, 
It was good. It was really good. And that when we rely on, on our own wisdom, when we rely on our own devices, we're returning to that state. And then James begins to write about the contrast, that there is a wisdom that, that comes from above. There is a wisdom that comes from above, and, and as the alternate side of this litmus test, this test of what kind of wisdom rules our lives, he begins to describe what that looks like. How does that feel? And, and he paints an entirely different picture for us. I think I'm... Do you ever get tired of bad news? <laughs> do you ever get tired of bad news in the world? I, I get weary of of the rotten. I get tired of talking about everything that is wrong sometimes. I, 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 there was a, a show that kind of launched on the internet over the days of COVID called Some Good News. Did you guys ever see that? There's these videos. I think it was hosted originally by John Krasinski, and, and it kind of got passed off. But just would, he, he was asking people, send me the best news that you find in the world today, right? And you see little videos of that maybe sometimes that pop up on your, on your phone. Restored my faith in humanity, right? And you've got this video of, of someone helping someone else. And I think James is there. I think James is there. I was, I was talking uh, about last week's message with Debbie a little bit. She brought the first half of, of chapter 3 to us. Uh, she did a marvelous job with the, the first half of chapter 3. The first half of chapter 3 is kind of a downer. I don't, I don't know if you, you read that or you realize that. Talking about, it's a little tough. James is really critical of the tongue. The tongue is, is bad. The tongue is a restless evil. It's unable to be tamed, James says. Like a spark that can set the whole forest on fire. And as you read the section that, that she preached from, from, from verse 1 to verse 12, that passage offers little hope. <laughs> James says, sorry, your tongue's a mess. It's going gonna, it's gonna to cause issues in your life. In those 12 verses, the tongue leads astray. The tongue controls the body like it's the small rudder on a large ship controlling it all. It's a contaminating element set on fire literally by the flames of hell itself. There's no hope. There's no resolution in the whole passage until today. Until what we read today. You know, when James wrote his, his book, when this was compiled, there were no numbers that he wrote. He didn't write a big three and then a small one and write the third chapter. He didn't do that. He didn't write the headings. This is all one continuous flow. This is one document. This is one letter that he was writing. And so we kind of divide it up. We kind of put those big paragraph breaks in there, and we think, oh, he's talking about something new. I don't think he was. I don't think he was. I think, finally, James gets around to the point of saying, this is how I've chosen to, to give you a glimmer of hope for that restless evil 
for that tongue that can get away from us, that tongue that steers the whole ship in directions sometimes that it might ought to not go. The conclusion of that is earthly wisdom. And it just sends James spiraling down further. But finally we get to godly wisdom. Finally we get to wisdom that, that comes from above. James has used that expression earlier in chapter 1. If you remember, finally something comes down from above that gives us hope, that offers us, us life. In verse 17, what does this wisdom look like? It says that it's pure, that it's peaceful, that it's gentle, obedient, filled with mercy and good actions, fair, genuine. Finally, on this long journey through chapter 3 that started with the tongue that, that seemed uncontrollable, untamable, unfixable, hopeless, James finally says, let me give you some handles. Let me give you some, some ways in which to have hope. Hope doesn't come in the form for James of, well, it's all okay. It'll all be fixed. It'll all work out. God's in control. Oh, we're fine. You've seen the, the picture of the house on fire and the guy drinking coffee thing. It's fine. Everything's fine. Yes. What do we need? What do we need? We need a wisdom that isn't of this earth, that isn't from our brains, that isn't natural, but that comes down from above. Not a wisdom that's full of jealousy, not full of selfish ambition. I want to lift myself up. I want to prove what I know. Not a platforming wisdom, but I picture a quiet, welcoming person, arms thrown wide with hospitality and grace. Come and sit. Let us talk. Let us share. That's the kind of life I want to lead. That's the kind of person I hope someday, by God's grace, to consistently be in my life. I have a friend, I have a friend that I knew for many years in Washington when I lived there. She uh, was, was a deep friend. We, we hit it off very quickly. She started her own business. She had a family, such a rooted member of the community that, that we lived in while we were there. And, and as, as our friendship grew and, and our discussion quickly turned to, to spiritual things as, as she had learned that I was a pastor, she invited me every other week to just meet, meet her for coffee, meet her for breakfast in the morning. It was way too early. Um, I'm, not, I'm not an early riser. Um, but it was worth it for me. It was worth it for me. She had such a deep and empathetic wisdom. And we would talk and share about our life. She pretended like, like she wanted to share parts of her life with me, but I tell you, she got asking questions, and my mouth would just start going, 
and she would listen. She would offer insight. She had such wisdom, wisdom from above, just like James talked about, pure and peaceful, gentle and obedient. (laughs) We made it through some pretty tough times together where she would listen and talk and share as would I. And I see this picture of a wisdom that comes from above and it reminds me of her. It is in this type of behavior that we're able to witness the kind of wisdom God is inviting us toward, that God is calling us to Are we these things? Do we act in these ways? For James, here is the hope that we have. This is the hope that he has to offer us, not only as as a contrast to the the wisdom of the day, the wisdom that's sort of natural, the wisdom that is commonplace, but also offering us hope that the tongue doesn't get the last word, that it truly isn't an unquenchable fire, that when we allow the wisdom of God to come be part of our lives and to have control, that there is hope. For here, wisdom becomes the answer to our, <laughs> our flaming tongue. Wisdom becomes the antidote for the world's wisdom. Amen? I'm going to invite the praise team to come. Come on up, and as they do, confess to you that, that too often, too often I stray off into a wisdom that looks different. Too often I stray into a wisdom or, or a, a pattern of thinking or a way of behaving that looks different than what he describes, pure and peaceful and gentle and obedient, filled with mercy fair and genuine. (laughs) James says, the world has enough of that, Trent. You don't need to act that way anymore. I I invite you into a new way of living. I invite you into a new sense of wisdom, wisdom that comes down from above. (laughs) James says, "We we don't need any more of that. What we need is a wisdom that emanates from above, that comes from above and embodies these characteristics, purity, peace, gentleness, obedience, full of mercy and good actions, fairness, and is authentic and genuine. Will you pray with me for that kind of wisdom in your life and for my life too? Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, today we're reminded by your word that you have for us an offer of living a different way of life. Lord, help us. Help us. Set us free. Empower us to live with the kind of wisdom that you invite us toward. We're grateful for how you work with us and how you walk with us. Be with us this week and help us to live with the kind of wisdom that comes down from above, we pray. In Christ's name, amen. Part of loving Jesus is allowing his spirit to wash over us and to to infiltrate 
our whole being. As he does, he offers and he imparts the wisdom that comes from above. That we're not stuck in cycles of the world's wisdom. The wisdom from above is meant to create space, invite relationship to care for others. It truly is a not-so-with-you kind of difference in our lives. May we live into the wisdom that is from above. Amen? Amen. As we conclude, we're going to say a benediction. I invite you to stand, those who are willing and able to receive this benediction. In our church, we kind of just hold out our hands as a, a physical reminder that we receive this benediction, this prayer, to guard and to go with us over the course of our week, wherever that takes us. Lord, may we depart this place filled with your wisdom, a wisdom that is pure, peaceful, gentle, obedient, filled with mercy and good actions, a wisdom that is fair and genuine. As we do, we will know with certainty as we recognize it that that wisdom comes from you. May it be so in our lives. Amen. Amen. Go in the love of Christ. Thanks for joining us today on the Mountain Home Church the Nazarene podcast. Don't forget to visit us at mhnazarene.org connect if you'd like to connect with us and have a great week.